You are listening to Zero E Michigan with Carl Bloss and Larry Hudson. On this show, we try to explore and simplify what's happening with electric vehicles, energy generation, and zero emissions topics with a focus on our home state of Michigan. Together with our guests, we demystify topics related to driving electric in Michigan and how you can select, charge, maintain, and get the maximum value out of your EV. This podcast is sponsored by Consumers Energy and the Power My Drive program. Start your EV journey at consumersenergy.com slash EV. Welcome back to the Zero E Michigan podcast. I'm Carl Bloss and my co-host is... Larry Hudson with the cool plug-in Ferrari behind us. So we want to talk about the Grand Rapids Auto Show where we both were this weekend. Uh, I was at the Consumers Energy booth, so thanks for those of you that stopped by. Uh, we both got to walk around a little bit, and we wanted to share some of our impressions. First of all, uh, please subscribe, like, uh, share the videos. That helps us out quite a bit. Our subscriber numbers are growing, so thanks to those of you that have subscribed recently. But it, it really helps us out. It gets us out in front of a lot more audience, according to the YouTube algorithm. We have some links in the description below if you want to support us, but no pressure on that. Larry, what are your first thoughts on on the auto show? Any any overview thoughts? Yeah, yeah. I really thought it was a great venue, the location. And I also wanted to give a shout out to Chad and Sarah, the Lightning Channel. So I've been trying to watch, but I got to talk to Chad just for a minute and saw Sarah's videos of the of the show. And that's where this video or where the Ferrari's from, that it's plug-in. It is only six miles, but still. It's you're plugging in, you're getting off the grid, you're keeping your money in America. And, you know, when I plugged in my bolt, that was exactly, I was keeping my money in America. And I actually printed, printed business cards. That's what green pilled me was keeping my money in America. But uh, I thought Ford, I was just really impressed with Ford. You know, they had the lightning, they got the Mach-E, just both beautiful vehicles. And now they have a plug-in escape. And I think they got all the, you know, that's perfect for people dipping their toes in the EV world. That's what the Volt did for me. It's like a great gateway drug, right? So to speak. And it just is really nice to have that flexibility. So I'm super happy for stepping up. I'm really disappointed in Chevy. They didn't even have anything there. But, you know, they came out with the Volt. They had it made. They should have put that into their geo tracker, whatever their uh, you know, just all their other cars, the the S10, which I think is the Colorado now. If they would have done that, they would be leading this game. Unfortunately, they handed the baton to Ford, and Ford's running with it, right? They got the truck out already. I mean, they do. Chevy does have the Hummer. I think the Hummer's cool myself. I'm excited about, right, that's the test platform so that the big rigs will get batteries. They needed to have a big heavy-duty truck, and I think people playing with the Hummer is going to help that happen. But um, that's it, right? They, they're dropped the ball in the Silverado. The Bolt is great performance, Bolt with a B, but man, that thing's ugly. I couldn't drive that thing. If you gave me one, <laughs> I, I'd have to body swap it uh, or just sell it and take the money and go buy a Mach-E. <laughs> but, but they are a great commuter car. I mean, if you want to just, yeah. you know, need a little commuter car, they're I've seen them out there like 15,000 bucks now at, at dealers, meaning you can get the $4,000 used EV tax credit. So you're basically looking at 10,000 bucks for one with a swap battery. 
So I think they are right. a good deal. Ugly or not, I, yeah, think, I think they're great. fine. They just look like a little hatchback. To me, they look they don't look much different than a tracks. So to me, it just blends in. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely what on the fringe is that vanity that I struggle with, or I don't know what, but I I just gotta have a cool looking car. <laughs> Even jobs, if they they try to make me drive a you know a dumpy day cab. I'm I'm quitting, which happened the last job I was at. I was in a really cool old retro semi with the big hood and everything. And then he's like, hey, we lost the contract. I'm going to put you in this day cab. And I was like, I'm out. I literally, that was it. That was well, my I last gotta tell day. You, from, from the four-wheelers perspective, nobody cares. So you don't need to worry about that. So you covered a lot of good points. Uh, I'm going to look off to the side here because I made myself a list. First of all, I thought overall, I mean, it's a good venue. It was a... Uh, I mean, it was a fun space, um, but I thought there wasn't a really great showing of EVs. Um, first of all, none of the non-dealer manufacturers were there. So Tesla, Rivian, Lucid, none of those, not even behind, uh, you know, cordoned off areas, uh, not no show. But again, this is more of a dealer event, I believe. Uh, like you said, GM, basically nothing. Volkswagen, nothing. Mercedes, nothing. Um, yeah, Ford, I was surprised about the escape hybrid. I think that's a good, like you said, entry level vehicle. Kia, to me, the big highlight here was the EV9. So they had one behind the barrier, but they did have one that you could climb into and check it out. So that's the big, uh, three row SUV with the EGMP platform. So that's the fast charging platform. So that one should be a good performer for people that want the three rows of seats, uh, the EV6 was behind the barrier. Of course, that's nothing new, but nonetheless, it wasn't out there for people to check out. The Nero EV, which the body style has been changed since 2022. Uh, again, behind a barrier, couldn't look at that one. They did have the hybrid out on the floor, so you could climb into that one, at least see the screens. Um, but they didn't have the plug-in hybrid, so that was a little disappointing to me. And then to me, Hyundai was the bigger disappointment so no ionic 5 and the car that i really had hoped to see at the show was the ionic 6 that new uh relatively new sedan uh which has super high range just because it's so efficient again egmp platform i would have loved to check that out because it is very streamlined so i think you're probably giving up a little bit in terms of storage space so that's the kind of thing i wanted to poke around and i wasn't able to do that because they just didn't have it there um sharp motors was there so they represent bmw jaguar uh, mini uh, the mini cooper so there was an i5 bmw there i did see some audi e-trons that did have a jaguar i-pace so you know it wasn't a total wash in terms of evs and plugins i was personally was a little disappointed in the representation of plug-in vehicles so i'm not sure if the dealers are just pulling back a little bit because there's been some you know, mm. negativity around EVs, the whole Chicago thing, which I'll talk about in a minute. Um, but anyway, from a dealership standpoint, um, wasn't super impressed. Uh, still glad I went, of course. But, you know, again, I was a vendor, so I got in for free anyway. Uh, in fact, I had to work. Uh, the Gilmore display was was cool. I mean, everything was roped off. So the little Sinclair C5. And what was neat is um, I got to talk to Jay from the Gilmore and he told us a little bit about the story 
which um, those of you that were around as teenagers or older in the 1980s, you might remember the Timex Sinclair, I believe it was ZX80 computer. It was one of the contemporaries of the Commodore 64 and the Apple II. And so Sinclair is the same person that designed this C5 little three-wheeler, kind of goofy looking. You steer it with a what looks like a handlebar that goes under your legs. You have to see it to believe it. Um, I'll put a link to the Electric Mitten blog. Uh, he did a whole expose on it. So uh, Mr. Morin was there at the show. We talked to him. He was kind of managing the whole um, Electric Avenue area. So he has a, a write-up on that. I'll put a link in the in the description in the show notes. Um, so that was cool to see. And of course, the little cheese wedge city car electric. Um, and then they did have mm. some of the vehicles that I mentioned before, the, the modern ones that you could see from a distance, but unfortunately you couldn't open the doors for understandable reasons. There was nobody there to, to manage that, to make sure people didn't do anything stupid in the vehicles, but they were there. Uh, did want to mention, uh, since I was at the Consumers Energy booth, um, I did see a lot of positives there. We had a ton of interest in our F-150 Lightning, which those of you watching the video, that's the vehicle right behind me. Uh, we did not bring a vehicle last year, and you know there, there wasn't that draw to pull somebody in to check out the vehicle and then talk to us. So we did have a lot of questions about that. And this particular one is the fleet vehicle. It's the smaller battery, but we could also point to the Ford booth, which they did have an F-150 Lightning. And um, Larry and I did record a little bit of video there. We'll bring that out you know, a little bit later. But our thoughts about the F-150, I got a chance to drive this one. But anyway, not to dive too deep today in that. Uh, we got a lot of signups for our smart charging incentive, which is the $10 a month for 12 months. And those of you that have EVs or are in the consumer's energy territory, electric territory, and you've already gotten the $500 rebate, this used to be called the Bring Your Own Charger Program. And it used to be one or the other, but now it's both. So if you haven't done that, check out the Consumer's Energy webpage, consumersenergy.com slash EV, and you can enroll for that. So it's $10 a month, 12 months, just for charging off-peak. So you got to change your habits a little bit, uh, but it's totally worth it. It's free money. You're probably charging off peak to some extent anyway. So tune that up and pay you do to do all that. the cars, all the, even my bolts allow you, you can go in there and program that. So it's not like it's really hard. You plug yeah, it in and the car just knows a charge after 11 PM, right? Yeah. Either the charger or the car, either one works. So, and, and it's also opened up to electric motorcycles now. So those of you with zeros or Harley Davidson live wires, I actually signed mine up this weekend because this is relatively new. We had a determination on that. So my it's per vehicle. So if you have multiple vehicles, you can sign up, get another 10 bucks a month. So I signed that up. I've already gotten confirmation from this weekend. So super easy to do. Um, we had a lot of questions about the signups of our $500 rebates for home charging and the electrician installation program. So we can help with that if you're not familiar with that. Um, we had a lot of questions about the cost of the installation and the cost of charging. And so to me, I feel like um, we need another flyer or something to kind of put that together in a summary because we kind of talked to people about it. We did some math, back of the envelope kind of things. But um, I think that would be good to show some graphs and really show people how much cheaper it is to, to run electric. And then we did have some kind of neutral, maybe a little bit negative feedbacks and a lot of that centered around the grid 
So all these questions about, well, can EVs really handle the grid? And I know the news was just out that the uh, the Campbell plant in Grand Haven is closing. So, you know, we got this call, you're shutting down all these plants and, you know, how are we going to have the energy to, to do to charge all these EVs? And of course, for just the EV discussion, part of that is simply, you know, it's the whole peak of off-peak. I mean, we know already from experience that EV drivers charge off-peak. We get 90 plus percent compliance on that so that whole peak is basically not a peak it's during the off-peak hours um, which is at night when people are sleeping that's that's right so you know if you if you unless you're working third shift swing shift whatever you're probably sleeping during that time anyway and then the joke is how long does it take to charge 10 seconds right five seconds to plug in five seconds to unplug who cares what happens in the middle um had that same discussion with with uh, chad at drive the lightning and then some of those were just outright nasty. There's just people that wanted to do a soliloquy of, you know, world according to them. And and I find that a little bit disheartening because they just don't aren't willing to listen to anything at all. They just want to do a brain dump of what their perception are, what they learned on YouTube and, uh, you know, to me, questionable news sources. So to yeah. me, that that hurts a little bit because I try to have technical discussions with people and if all you want to do is vent to me then all i can say is talk to the hand you know go somewhere else i i'm not here for that i'm not a punching bag I heard, so i heard a good one the crisis news network i thought that's a good way to you know yeah. the crisis news network seems to be if you're turning on the tv you have to dig for the truth and even youtube i gotta have my my blocker up and then you gotta go through and find people you know honest news sources and that's not easy right we're we we all live in an echo chamber we get fed the stuff that um is interesting to us so none of us are are immune from that so sometimes we have to go out and you know i'm not a fox news watcher but i probably need to go look and see what is it they're saying and then you go back to cnn i also like to do um foreign news sources I speak German, so I like to go to Deutsche Welle, the DW, and they have an English version of that just to see what's going on in Europe and what are the European uh, perspectives. But anyway, that's a whole other rabbit hole. I don't think we're going to go down today. That's that's a good point, though. I spent a year in Australia, and I couldn't believe how different the news was from Australia's perspective. And, you know, and so I was like, wow, I didn't know all that was going on in America. (laughs) Yeah, we're yeah, it's it's very, very you know, shielded. So, um, and then the other big talking point was the cold, how it was affecting batteries. I'm sure by now we've all heard the issues in Chicago's with the, you know, the Tesla's and we kept hearing this over and over. Well, we hear EVs don't do well in the cold. So we had to start explaining, you know, okay, batteries are electrochemical processes and when they're cold, they don't work as well. And then there's battery preheating. All the vehicles today have battery heating and cooling, but to do the supercharging, right? In order well, to... while supercharging, but it's during all charging. And of course, the, the easiest way to take care of that, if you have the luxury of a garage or a driveway or someplace that you can charge overnight, then you can do the preheating while you're still plugged in, while you're sleeping again. I think the big issues are for people that live in multifamily dwellings, uh, the condos, the apartments, they don't have access to overnight charging. And then on top of that, we have a lot of people that are Uber drivers, Lyft drivers that rent or lease EVs, and a lot of them are clueless and through no fault of their own necessarily because the 
they're not getting the instructions. I mean, I've run into my share uh -huh. of rideshare drivers at Tesla supercharger stations, even in the summer, they don't even know where the charge port is. The battery management system has to warm up the battery before it can charge at a reasonable rate. Otherwise it does damage to the battery and that's all programmed in. So for you as the user, you plug in and the first thing that happens is it charges very, very slowly. A lot of the energy is going towards heating the battery. So it takes longer. So then the next person can't charge. So then they fill up. And on top of that, I think they had some failures. So it was this perfect storm. Um, you know, the one thing that people don't talk about is, well, what about Norway? Norway has a, yes. such a high market penetration of electric vehicles. And that's not exactly a warm place. So they've learned to deal with it. And I think that's really the message that we tried to uh, leave people with is if you know how to deal with it, if you can prepare, uh, it's similar to driving a diesel and not putting it into a block heater where, you know, your diesel yeah. gels up and it's just not going to start. So you have to do a little bit of prep work. And this is a new paradigm. And that's why, you know, people like you and me and consumers and, and others are, are out there trying to educate people on on how this works. Exactly. Right. So in the end, it was more about the loose nut behind the wheel than it was <laughs> yeah. the car, right? Yeah. Again, if you don't know how to deal with it, no fault of theirs. Um, and then, you know, you're trying to get to work, you're trying to give people rides to the airport and you can't do it and you're super frustrated. And it's just the news got hold of this and it just got parroted over and over and over again. It, it yeah. just, to me, became a little bit frustrating to hear the same story over and over again. Larry, what do you think you would like to see at a future car show? You know, what, what are some things that you thought that maybe they could have done better or what, what are more I, interesting things that you'd want to see at a car show? I was wondering, cause I was so surprised again, Chad and Sarah just rocked it. You know, she was out interviewing people. Chad was over interviewing you. Unfortunately, I walked away just before he got there. And 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 just was having fun over at the kids at the college, right? So they had their solar car there, and then they had like these four wheeler things. And so one was uh, a, a they have competitions for the engineering students, and one was like a Baja version, one was like a Formula version, but they all were using motorcycle engines. He says we've been trying to go electric, and the guys, you know, the bigger college have more money, more support had their electric last year and kicked their butt and all, you know, all of them. And so he's, he's trying his hardest to make sure they get an electric version of the formula and Baja. So anyways, I was over there probably an hour. We we're just geeking out on everything, but I miss out on it. But again, Chad and Cher did a good job. So yeah. And we have the links to their videos in the description below. One other thing I, I noticed is that the dealers and sales people still don't know their products in terms of the plug-in. Um, so I got to pick on Cadillac a little bit. They had the Lyric out there, which they have different trims of that with different levels of level two charging. They had one with 11.5 and 19.2. And one of the, the factoids they had on their display was that the car added, I'm probably getting this wrong, 89 miles of range in 10 minutes added on a DC fast charger. So I asked the lady, well, what's the like, 20 to 80 percent charge time or 10 to 80 and you could see immediately she was totally flustered right she's like well it kind of depends on the charger and i mean you're not she's not wrong in that sense right because this, but that's kind of a big answer like if you go on a charge point 60 kilowatt charger that's different but the answer i was expecting was okay well if you go on, on a 
Electrify America or similar 350 kW charger, here's the approximate charge curve under optimal conditions, right? Like Kia and Hyundai say for their EGMP platform, uh, what is it, uh, 10 to 80% in 18 minutes, I think, if I remember correctly. But anyway, so you get a ballpark, right? So for the Lyric, I, I didn't get an answer. I mean, I didn't necessarily expect her to say, well, the peak charging rate is 300 or something. And I can look it up. But the fact that she didn't know it, right? And it's the same thing. I went to the Ford booth and I asked them, um, what's the horsepower and the torque ratings of the F-150 Lightning? Before I know it, I had three salespeople standing around me Googling on their phone, right? It's like, well, I can do that. So they Come were on. trying at least. Right? And I, I, I get it. You I'm not even sure everything. I would know how to, I wouldn't know how to ask that, what you're saying. I, I, I get it. You know, that 10 to 80%, that's the sweet spot. But yeah, I, so I don't know. I think being a little critical there, but. But that defines your road trip, right? I mean, that's the difference between a Chevy Bolt charging at 50 kW max and you know, it takes 45 minutes to do, or an hour to do a, a charge from 20 to 80% versus wow. 18 minutes, right? That's a huge difference. And that's something important for people to learn because they can and go buy that. They buy that vehicle they, and then they're, then they're disappointed. We had this with the early yeah. leaps where the salespeople with tomorrow yeah. will go about a hundred miles, right? Hop up on the highway right. and they get 60 and they're like, wait, I can't even do a round trip to my workplace. So yeah. to me, yeah. they, like to, they write with their friend in the, when in the model three and then like, well, I'll get this bolt and they don't realize. And I think a lot of people, and also the bolt came out initially with just a J 1772, which was even worse. Right. And then it had the DC fast charge option, but that wasn't, so you could go buy a bolt. And Mike, when he first got his people were running into, they didn't realize that there's a different charger that comes with the car. And it's not, it's not, what is that standard, right? CCS. You have to order yeah, you have to order the fast charger. Otherwise, you're stuck with a bolt with just a 1772, and now you're stuck there for three hours. Well, hang on. To get I, I think you're conflating the two, right? So, I mean, 17 the J1772 on the bolt is seven kilowatts, but the CCS, some of the early cars didn't come with DC fast charging, and the yeah. Leafs, the Leafs too. Yeah, and, yeah. and if you're okay with that, that's fine. And we have a guy in, yeah. our, in our EV community that has the shock bolt with no DC fast charging is like, I'm totally cool with that. To me, it's a regional car. Um, but if but, you but were I mean, expecting to go the, on some road trips, then you need DC fast charging. And people don't know that. And they get this car. Yeah. And like, Wait a minute. And, and now I got to sit here for hours that people talk about to charge. Like, that's not cool. Right. And and I mean, if we take it back to the ice world, you just put gas in a car. It, it, it doesn't change. All, it doesn't matter what make. It's all the same. All of a sudden now you got all these variables. What's the 10 to 80%? you know, that the Lyric can do, but the Bolt doesn't have that option, right? Because it can only do up to 50 kilowatts. So there's another, you know, not yet. Yeah, well, but but I think that's maybe the gap that places like Out of Spec are filling where they say they're doing their yeah. that 100 mile challenge where they say, yeah. okay, I'm going to take the car down to a certain state of charge. Now I'm going to charge it for 15 minutes. It's not 100 miles, 15 minutes see how much of a charge I get, and then I'm going to drive it back down to that same level. So what that tells you is the driving versus charging cadence, right? How much charging versus how much driving? Because that's the important thing, right? People say, well, I want an EV with a thousand mile range. Well, that's but just wouldn't stupid. You, wouldn't Sorry. you say 80% of people don't want to know about it? They just want to drive like all their old cars used to, right? Just go 
Can you imagine going to a gas station? Oh, this is just for Chevys and it has a square. So I got to go find a gas station that has an oval, you know, because VW, you know what I'm saying? And no, so, I, you know, I get that. These- I get that. But yeah. I mean, let's say even they're all converged, they're all the same standard, right? But really what you're interested in is the charge time. And, and again, the, the charging to driving cadence. I mean, my, my old Volkswagen Westphalia camper could only get 200 miles of range, right? Because it's basically the aerodynamics of a toaster and it had a, a two liter four cylinder engine, which still was pretty thirsty. So, but I knew I'd have to go to a gas station and it took me five minutes to fill up and then another 200 miles is fine, right? So I don't think people really want a thousand miles of range. They want a certain amount of range and then super quick fill up like a gas car, right? But at the same time, that's for the road trips. For your overnight charging, we're beyond that already. It's already more convenient, right? It's all about that road trip. But anyway... So for those of you that attended the car show, what were your thoughts about the show? Uh, were you impressed? There are some new cars that you saw. Uh, what did you think about it? What would you like to see? Uh, put that in the comments below. Also, should we be reaching out to the dealers that we know typically come to these things ahead of time and say, hey, Hyundai dealer, could you guys please bring an Ionic 6 so that I could sit in it? And obviously you can go test drive it if they have it on their lot. But, you know, is that something that maybe we in the EV community should be pushing the dealers for? Um, Yeah, let us know your thoughts. Thanks for watching, and we'll catch you next time. If you enjoyed or learned from this episode of Zero E Michigan, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. Visit our YouTube channel for other related videos at youtube.com slash at the number zero E dash Michigan.